Sports Ethos Clipper Nation, how the heck are ya? It's Thursday night, and I'm your host for this evening, Matt Mattawarren. That's at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter, at M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. Please say that ten times fast. Our normal point guard, Brandon Marcus, is off this, this evening, and I think, I think... It's because he's celebrating a goal that we set that all you lovely listeners helped us accomplish. That is to get me, Matt Matterwarn, count them, 50 followers. Not 50 McNuggets, 50 followers on Twitter. It is awesome. It is great. I am so pumped to be here and talk about the Clippers. Tonight, I thought what we'd do is twofold. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Monday's preseason game, uh, just past, past Monday against the Portland Trail Blazers, in which the Clippers emerged victorious, 102 to 97. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not going to give you the whole story. I'm just going to give you my clips notes. Just a few thoughts, just so you can pass the test the next day. Then after that, I thought we'd talk a little bit about the annual GM survey that the NBA does every year and sort of how the Clippers fared, uh, where, we, where, where the Clippers were ranked in some of the important categories, where we may have gotten snubbed. So let's kick it off. Monday's game was awesome. Not so much the gameplay, although the win was nice. Some of the uh, rotations were great. Everybody in the starting lineup was a plus as far as plus minus is concerned, though nobody played over 17 minutes. Really just to see the guys back on the floor and to see real basketball. I know it's the preseason and I know it doesn't really mean much, but it meant everything to me and I'm hoping and I'm pretty sure it it meant everything to you guys. Just seeing our clips back out there, seeing Kawhi, my goodness, the claw. He even did his claw move where he fakes uh, a pass with one hand, claws the ball, and then maneuvers in the opposite direction. I would, I don't know about you guys, folks, I would give anything to be able to palm a basketball, fake a pass, and then pivot to the, in the other direction. Kawhi, Kawhi looked great, a little rusty. I think it was three of eight from the field. I don't think. I'm looking at the box score. What am I talking about? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm looking at the box score. He was three of eight from the field, but he was awesome. Efficient from the line, four of four, four rebounds, two assists, two steals. He probably had a block he didn't get credited for. That's what I'm going to assume. 11 points in 16 minutes. Awesome. Paul George, smooth as silk, smooth as ever. He, uh, he had one drive to the basket, I remember. And this is, this is off memory, folks. I'm not watching the clip of this one. One drive to the basket where he sort of, for anybody else, I would say lost their footing and stumbled. He sort of was gliding like a ballerina, just so graceful, into the arms of Steve Ballmer, dapped him up. They gave each other, oh, a little exchange. Speaking of Steve Ballmer, Mano Mano, Jesse Spano, did he pump up the crowd in Seattle before this game? And he pumped me up. Uh, It was a Hans and Franz situation. He pumped me up. Got me so excited for the season, so excited for this team, as if I wasn't excited enough already. And for the rest of the guys, Nick Batum only played 14 minutes, didn't really do all that much out there, but my goodness, was it just nice to see him running around, helping out, help defense, calling out assignments, the whole deal. Zoo, great to see Zoo out there, healthy. The little ankle scare from EuroLeague is no more. Uh, let's see who else. Oh, Reggie Jackson, of course, just the heartbeat, the heartbeat and soul of this Clippers team. We love to see him. John Wall, for the love of goodness sakes. Now, if anybody's going to be rusty, it's going to be John. 
but the guy hasn't played professional basketball in years. I think we can forgive him that. Other than that, Coffee again, looked great in 24 minutes, 15 points, uh, contributing across the board. Brandon Boston, active, looked awesome, didn't shoot all that well, but, you know, it's to be expected. And just everybody was just was awesome. It just it was so nice to see everybody from the Clippers out there running around doing great. Brian Seaman did mention one thing uh, as as Damian Lillard drove to the basket that struck me. He was saying because of Lillard's uh, injury last year, as I get a phone call, Yoni, I will call you back. Because of Lillard's abdominal injury last year, every time he drives hard to the hoop, is there going to be a little thought in the back of his mind, might I get hurt again? I'm sure there is, but when he said that, what I thought was every time Kawhi drives to the, drives to the hoop, gets entangled down low, pretty much does anything, takes in a breath, breathes out a breath. I'm going to be very nervous. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm going to be very nervous that he, he may get injured again. I really don't want it to happen. I love him, but, you know, with his injury history, with the Clippers' injury history, as we all know all too well, it's just going to be something that I think we're going to have to live with all season. Just We're going to hold our breath every time there's contact. It, you know, if he hits the floor, hard foul, you never know. But all in all, it was so great to see the Clippers beat the Trailblazers 102-97. On the other side of the ball, who cares? We were watching for the Clippers. So that's my Clips notes on the Monday preseason game. The next preseason game we have coming up is going to be this Sunday, the 9th, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I would have said the much-hated Minnesota Timberwolves, but I don't hate them. I like the Timberwolves. Yes, they did knock us out of the playing game, but it was fair and square. It was fair and square, and I can't hate on the Timberwolves. In fact, I am very curious to see what's going on with their Twin Towers. But like I said about any other team besides the Clippers, who cares? Well, now that we've covered that, let's dive into this GM survey. So basically what happens is every year the, uh, the NBA surveys every GM in the league. And they give them 50 questions, you know, give or take, about their thoughts on the upcoming season. Um, and the Clippers now being fully healthy, being one of, I mean, it's undeniable, one of the best squads, or at least the best squads on paper in the league, were bound to show up quite a bit. So what I did is I printed out some, some choice. Yes, I did say print. I've got, I've got the papers right here. Old man Dan Vesper style. And we're going we're gonna to go ahead and look through these and just see sort of where the Clippers fared in some of the ones where, where they were ranked. Uh, now, there are plenty that they didn't get votes for. There's Rookie of the Year, uh, Most Impactful Rookie. Um, there's Most um, Impactful Player from, the, from Overseas, even though I think, I think Zubac, yeah, he could have been on there. But, uh, oh, speaking of Dan Bresbris, actually, uh, Nikola Miritich got 28% of the vote for the best international player who's not in the NBA. So there's a feather in Dan's cap. I know he's a huge Miritich guy and uh, always will be. As long as, as long as Miritich can keep fists out of his face, he's proven. He can do the dang thing. So let's start with um, one, of the, one of the 
Well, the first listed category here is which team will win the 2023 NBA Finals? So obviously the Warriors are going to get a lot of votes because they won last year, and they did get 25% of the vote. The Bucks actually got 43% of the vote. So they're the heavy favorites. And it's, it's to be expected. They, they very well could have won last year if Middleton didn't get hurt. Um, a lot of us could have won our fantasy leagues if Middleton didn't get hurt. Am I bitter? I'll let you folks decide. But in third place is our LA Clippers. 21% of the, of the votes to win the 2023 NBA Finals. And I think that's fair. You know, all of our players, all of our main players, I should say, are, are certainly proven. Kawhi, duh. Two times finals MVP. He's a champ. We know what he's all about. PG, like I said, smooth as silk, dapping up, uh, dapping up Balmer, doing the whole dang thing. And, and then all of course, John Wall, Norman Powell, Bob Covington, uh, my guy Moses Brown, it, uh, provided he makes the team. But we haven't proven it together. And so I think that's where the, the trepidation may lie, where it's only 21%. Because otherwise, maybe it would be a 72%. I'm going to repeat that, 72%. That's what the Nets got voted in the GM survey last year. So, while we all respect and love GMs, I know. I know we all are wearing our GM t-shirts, I heart GM. Maybe they don't exactly, exactly know what they're talking about. With the Brooklyn Nets having 72% of the vote last year to win the title. And we saw where that went. Uh, Point of reference, the Celtics this year got 11% of the vote. Okay, we're going to... Move on. We're going to skip some categories here if you guys are following along on the GM survey because, as we all know, with our GM t-shirts on, we go to GM.com. We follow the survey religiously. I'm going to skip a few here. So the next one we're going to tackle is who is the best small forward in the NBA? As a helicopter flies over my apartment, I hope you guys can't hear that. Maybe it's, maybe it's, the, uh, maybe it's the Milwaukee Bucks saying, hey, Thank you for saying that word, the prohibitive favorites. I don't know that I said that, but if it's you, you're welcome. So the next category, who is the best small forward in the NBA? Number one, and it's hard to argue, number one was Kevin Durant with 45% of the vote. KD is awesome. There's no denying it. I really, honestly, I don't even know if I can argue with it. Two is Jason Tatum with 24% of the vote. Tatum's awesome. He's amazing. Take him before the turn in your fantasy drafts. That would be my advice. 24%? Okay. This next one's a little strange. Luka Doncic at 17%. Is he a small forward? He's big enough to be, but now that Jalen Brunson is gone, does he really play small forward? I'll let you guys decide, but I'm not quite sure. Four was LeBron James on... That team whose name I, this slips my mind at the moment, he got 10% of the small forward votes. Oh, oh, oh okay. I, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I guess if Anthony Davis refuses to play center, so he's going to play the four, LeBron James would technically be a three. That's great. And then number five, Kawhi Leonard, our Kawhi Leonard, our guy, the claw, 3% of the vote. Now, I think, I think that's low. 3%? This is Kawhi Leonard. This is one of the most versatile players we've ever seen. This is a guy with calves the size of my entire torso. 
the claw. I, I already mentioned his move where he claws the ball, pretends to pass it, and pivots. So I think these GMs should pivot on their 3% Kawhi Leonard as the best small forward and bump that bad boy up to at least where Tatum is, right? Is Tatum that much better than Kawhi? He might, he's young. He's got a long career ahead of him. But we don't know that yet. The next category, what was the most underrated player acquisition? So the most, most underrated, oops, a little bit of a technical difficulty there. What I was saying is the most underrated player acquisition from the offseason. I know that dog thinks he knows what it is, but we'll try to make our own decision here. So number one was Malcolm Brogdon to the Boston Celtics. Uh, that got 28% of the vote. I can, I can see that. I can see where, where Brogdon coming into that team who was in the finals. Brogdon is a versatile player, albeit injury prone, but who isn't these days? I'm not, I'm not mad at that one at 28%. And then tied for two was PJ, who my friend Matt Q calls Pajamas Tucker, to Philadelphia at 14%. Uh, it's going to be a he's he's going to be a very important piece for a team that really has a chance to do some special things. But tied with pajamas is our John Wall, fourteen percent of the vote, just like Pajamas Tucker got. And I think that I think that's that's probably accurate because John, while it is a super important acquisition, and I do mean super important, it, it could really really uh, benefit us during playoff time, but it will take some time to see exactly what John Wall has left in the tank. I think it's a lot. I think it's a full tank. I think it's $100 driving from Los Angeles to Roland Heights to fill your gas tank. I think he's got a lot a lot left in the tank, but he'll have to knock off the rest. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, also Philadelphia, got 10%, and Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich to Detroit got 7 The next category we're tackling here. As I take a sip of water, the next category is how important is me taking a sip of water? And it got 100% of the votes. Okay. Which team will be the most improved in 2022? You know that, you know, it's bizarre. This this is what, uh, obviously the NBA made a typo here. It says which will be which team will be the most improved in 2021-22. Now obviously, this is not 2021-22, this is 22-23. Come on NBA, you made me sound silly. But anywho, what's not going to make me sound silly is that the LA Clippers, yes, folks, our LA Clippers with 41% of the vote are thought to be the most improved team in not 21-22, but from 21-22. 222-23, and the reason being, we got all our guys back, we're healthy, we're going to start rolling here, and it's going to be great. I cannot disagree with the NBA. I do disagree with them making a typo. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to somebody about that, but I don't disagree with the Clippers at 41%. Uh, tied for second, Cavs and Pelicans, both at 17%, and our beloved, our second favorite team, Except on Sunday, our mortal enemies. The T-Wolves got 10%. Um, let's see, the next category we're going here. We're moving along just fine, folks. Again, my name is Matt Mattawarren. I'm on Twitter, at Matt Mattawarren, at M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A. 
R-A-N. I almost forgot myself what it was. Don't forget to follow myself. Our, and I know you guys already follow Brandon Marcus at BD Marcus. I don't even need to mention it. Uh, so let me just move on with the GM survey. Who is the best defensive player in the NBA? Now, this, this is where it gets a little squirrely because... This is where some of these are going to be honorable mentions. And we got an honorable mention in Kawhi Leonard. Now that's, that means to me that he wasn't, he's not in the, not even thought of as a top three defensive guy in the league anymore, which I believe is crazy because yeah, he didn't play all of last year, but he didn't lose any defensive skills. His hands didn't shrink. His IQ didn't lower, as far as I know. Uh, Giannis was number one, which is reasonable. 48%. 48, also my favorite number, in case you guys wanted to know. Draymond Green, 24%. And Gobert at 10%. Gobert at 10%. It seems low for him, too. Anyway, other people receiving votes. Drew Holiday, Andrew Wiggins, I guess after his finals performance, that makes sense. Um, But I just think, look... Ben Simmons got an honorable mention. He hasn't played in a long time either. Kawhi deserves more votes, I think. And after this season, he will prove me and you guys, because I know you're agreeing with me. You're all shaking your heads. Yes. Nodding. Nodding Nodding is yes. You're all nodding your heads. Yes, Matt. You're right. Who is the best perimeter defender in the NBA? Marcus Smart got 41% of the vote, I suppose. I mean, he does spend a lot of time on the perimeter, though he can get down low. Uh, Drew Holiday, second with 31. And then, then our guy, Kawhi, got 10% of the vote there. He's a, he's a beast on the perimeter. So he, he does belong in the conversation, and I, I'm okay with that. Paul George actually receiving an honorable mention in this one, too. Who is the most versatile? To, and if you guys have any, um, any thoughts of if, 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 these, if any of the clips are left out, if they should have been higher... Um, if they should have been lower, although that'd be a little bizarre. But um, certainly, you know, tweet at me, tweet at Sports Ethos Clippers, tweet at Brandon, um, bother Dan Bespris all day long. He's not very busy, I'm, I'm sure of it. He's, he's not doing a million things, but I, I think he'd be fine. Um, and, you know, he's a fan of that team that, that escapes my name. You, you notice, we haven't heard many mentions of players from that squad uh we heard one from lebron james but god what is that team's name i can't remember it some team that also plays in in the city whatever it is make sure to bother dan about that who's the most versatile defender in the nba there's a lot a lot of different variations of defend these defensive um categories and i know i know this makes for good podcasting because who doesn't love to talk about defense and minuscule variations in defensive categories. I'm just realizing this as I'm reading these categories. I picked a lot of defensive ones. It goes to show um, a little bit about me. We'll pull back the, uh, the curtain. I'm a big fantasy player, and I've mentioned it fantasy a few times, and I am just obsessed with defensive stats. Like, Miles Turner is pretty much my favorite fantasy player because he gets so many blocks. I love him. I'll probably be taking him round three. That's a heads up to anybody in my in my home league. Uh, versatile defensive player. Uh, again, it's not, it's not much different from the best defensive player. In fact, it's almost the same. 
Paul George, Kawhi, both getting honorable mentions, but not getting any percentage of the votes. Uh, defensive team, let's skip it. We've talked about defense so much. Uh, and, you know, it, and we've talked about defense a lot. And this is my first solo podcast, and I have to be honest with you guys, I'm feeling a little guarded. Do, 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 do. Okay, who is the best head coach? Guess, folks, the best head coach in the NBA. Spolstra, Spo, as I like to call him, 52%. Steve Kerr at 22 And then coming in at number five after a tie for third between Monty Williams and Greg Popovich is our own Ty Lu. And I think that's fair. I mean, look, that's some stiff competition. If you're talking about Pop, maybe the greatest coach of all time, Steve Kerr, however many time champion, and Spo, just, well, we all know what Spo can do. Let's see, which head coach is the best manager and motivator of people? Tyrone Liu is tied for fourth with Pop. Now, that's, that's good company right there. And I think Ty Liu is just a fantastic motivator. He just gets people to play for him. He's a, he's a player's coach. He's a, he's a fan's coach. He's animated on the side at times. He's docile when he needs to be. He covers his mouth with, uh, with his mouth, so we don't know wh- what he's saying. Okay. Which head coach now makes the best in-game adjust- adjustments? And that, my friends, is where Ty Lu gets voted number one. Num- the number one best coach at making adjustments. Let's go on to a category, something that we all love. Um, I know you're probably all big Oscar and Emmy fans, just like I am, the snubs. Which team is the most fun to watch? Clippers, not on there. I disagree. Let's see. Uh, oh, who will win the 2022-2023? They got the, the year right. Kia MVP. Nice plug for the car, which Blake Griffin jumped over. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. Not on there. Paul George, not on there. Zubats, not on there. Who is the best international player? Speaking of Zubats, not on there. And who is the best assistant coach in the NBA? This, this is the one we've all been waiting for. We, we slogged through the defensive stuff, MVP, off, the best offense, the best this, the best that. Best assistant coach in the NBA. This is why 22, minute, 22 and a half minutes in, this is why you guys are still here so that I can tell you that we were snubbed. Where's my guy Dan Craig? Where's Larry Drew, for goodness sakes? I don't know, but they're not on there. I think that's going to wrap up uh, my thoughts on the GM survey and then on the preseason game, which we talked about earlier. I want to take a moment now to say a few things about just how incredibly excited, hopeful, and just over the Xavier Moon about this season coming up. I think the Clippers have a great chance here to really do something special and to go further than we have ever seen them go before. It actually reminds me of something Bill Walton once said while doing a Clippers broadcast way back in the day. I don't remember the play, but the, 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 the sports arena, the place erupted. And Bill Walton says... The fans will take them to, to levels that have never been reached before. And I think, Sports Ethos Clipper Nation, if we, if we continue this love, this support for this team, for our Clippers, for our LA Clippers this year, we will take them to levels 
that have never been reached before. I'm approaching my 25 minute limit on the court. I'm on a minutes restriction, self-imposed, self-imposed. But I wanna thank everyone for listening. I hope you continue to listen throughout the season. We're gonna talk about weight, we're gonna talk about defense and assistant coaches so much it's gonna make your head spin. I'm kidding, of course. We're gonna have game recaps, we're gonna have uh, amazing guests. Brandon will come back off the party bus after he celebrated me getting 50 followers. It's gonna be awesome. I appreciate you guys listening so much. Enjoy the season, we'll talk more. Like I said, hit me up on Twitter. If you just want to chat, at Matt Mattawarren, M-A-T-T-M-A-T-A-W-A-R-A-N. I was trying to stretch it out so it'd be exactly 25 minutes, and here we go. Bye, guys.